It is uh, absolutely great to have you uh, here uh, joining us from uh, wherever you are right now. Um, you know, we're kind of entering that time of the year when uh, you can get outside more. Although if you uh, live in Arizona, you can get outside like most of the year. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I know a lot of people are doing uh, around here is getting out and hiking more. Um, and, you know, I would say uh, just us in Arizona, but uh, it's been awesome just to see how many people have been uh, joining us the last couple of months from uh, all over the country, uh, even other parts of uh, the world. So wherever you are, it's good to have you here. But I want to talk about just hiking for just a little bit, because if you live here in Arizona, uh, you know how true this is. One of the things that you always have to take into account when hiking around here uh, is what? Water. Water. If you're in Arizona, it matters. In fact, uh, water is like the thing that limits uh, what you can do on a hike at any uh, given moment. And, uh, you know, it's like how much water can you carry or are there fresh springs along the way? Uh, there's a place that I love to go uh, hiking on the other side of the Catalinas, and there is this wonderful spring that is, uh, has enough water in it probably, I don't know, seven, eight months out of the year that you can really use it. And I've used it many, many times. One time in particular, uh, I went and hiked down and I actually crossed through this spring before uh, I came back to actually use it because I go on this great big loop and then come back around to this spring. Got down there early in the morning and there like someone had set up a camp around there. It was kind of a little bit creepy and I was kind of sneaking through there in the dark and kind of went through that area and then did uh, my hike. Came back much later in the day uh, and now I have used up most of my water, okay? Uh, but I always save a little bit uh, when I'm going around and I get to that place where there's this wonderful spring that I've been to so many times and what I discovered was like this horrible thing. Uh, whoever had been camping uh, there and there was still like stuff like strewn all over the place. It was a little creepy, if I'm honest with you. Uh, but they had burned their garbage. And I think what happened is like when they were burning their garbage, like they couldn't get it all burned. And so they, uh, they like threw all of their garbage into this spring. And I think it was like, so, you know, they wouldn't create a forest fire or whatever, which is good. But it like the spring, like this little pool where the water would seep out, it had just become like so like just nasty. Like it, I mean, it smelled bad and they had burned like food and garbage and everything in there. And so I was left with kind of this bad decision at that moment. Like I still had like another maybe hour, hour and a half of hiking to uh, get out of this canyon and up to where I had parked uh, with just like a little bit of water. And it was like either... Um, fill like my canteen with some of this like contaminated water or like take just a little bit of water with me that I already had and like go thirsty and like it just like it was infuriating at that moment and I didn't drink out of it like I looked at that the little pool of water and I'm just like I can't drink out of that and you know by the time I got up out of that canyon I was, I mean, I was so thirsty. I mean, it was the thing where I'm like uh, parsing out my water, you know, for the rest of the hike. And as you know, if you uh, have, if those of you who live in Arizona or have done any hiking here, like you have to be really, really careful with that. So I hiked slower and like stayed in the shade a bunch. And, you know, I, I share this story a little bit because, you know, when you become dehydrated or when you become really thirsty, I mean, 
like profoundly thirsty, it dominates. It's like all you think about in those moments is that thirst. And you know, uh, thirst isn't just something that is a physical thing. Like we can experience thirst in a physical, profound way. But you know, um, we can also experience a profound kind of thirst in our souls. And I share this story because uh, maybe that's you right now. Maybe even as I talk about being thirsty in your soul, you just, it's like, maybe that's the place you're at right now. I wonder how many of you are in that place uh, right now. You know, the Bible talks about this a lot. In fact, uh, Isaiah chapter 55, uh, it opens up with these lines. This line that simply says, um, to all those who are thirsty, come to me. Like, and it's just, and it's speaking of this profound kind of thirst that we feel in our being, in our soul. And it can be thirst over the things that we might worry about or thirst uh, over difficulty or pain that's going on in our life. Is that you? Like, is that something you're actually experiencing? Like, even now? Because I think part of the human experience is that we go through times where, where we experience that kind of thing in whatever uh, it is. I recall a time uh, when I was married, but it was before Angie and I had uh, kids. And I was invited to go and speak at this conference. Like, and I was gonna be like the main speaker. And like, this was like something I really, like I was excited about this. I had never done anything like this. And to me, it's just like, wow. Like, I, like I'm gonna go get to speak at this conference. So I actually flew to Atlanta where this conference uh, was. Uh, went there and uh, on my way there or right after I'd gotten there, I had gotten some news about someone that I knew and knew fairly well. And it was a Christian author and speaker. Uh, he mostly spoke on family and marriage and he was someone I really looked up to. In fact, when I was a teenager, he spoke uh, here at Casas. Uh, then I went to work for a church in Chicago and he was actually a guest speaker there. And I got to know him a little bit better and we sort of kind of became friends and I just uh, really admired him, a great guy. Uh, and the church that I helped uh, start in another state, I actually invited him to come and he spoke there. And so he was just, it's like one of these guys I really looked up to. And again, uh, speaking on marriage and family. And, and when I got to Atlanta, I found out that he had, he had just gone through a divorce. And I remember just like, it kind of rocked my world a little bit that this guy that I really looked up to, just like, like if there was anybody I would have thought like would never like, uh, you know, uh, go, to a, uh, go through a divorce or anything, I just thought it would be him. And yet here it was. And then I remember uh, speaking at this conference, which I thought, you know, it's just like, whoa, and went through it. And, and the reality was, it was like, okay, so I spoke at this conference and, and it like, I don't know, it was the thing that like I thought was a big deal. And as I went through it, it's not like it was bad. It's just like, it, it wasn't maybe what I had built it up to be. And you kind of put that together with this thing of this guy that I really, really admired. And just thinking about that and my experience at this conference, I, I went through kind of this thing where it just like, like I just lost energy for ministry and, and for so much of what I was doing. I remember 
getting back on a plane and leaving Atlanta. And I just, it was like this kind of thirst, this like lack of energy. And it's just like, I, like what am I doing in ministry? And the, the kicker was like, I was going to get off the plane, you know, late that night. And the very next morning, like I was supposed to hit the ground running and doing ministry. And I just found myself like, I just, I feel so thirsty in my soul. I just like, I've got nothing to do ministry right now. And it was kind of just like this combination of things that just hit me like in a kind of surprising way. And it just left me in that place where I didn't even like being a pastor at that moment because I just felt like I didn't know what I had to bring to it. You had a place where you maybe feel like um, tomorrow morning, uh, like I just feel so thirsty right now. Like I, I just, I have these unmet longings and the idea of trying to bring something to my day tomorrow or bring something to my friendships or my marriage or my family just feels like, uh, like there's nothing there. You know, that's part of what it is to be a human. That's part of what it is to go through life. That, like we're gonna have those moments. And so it's kind of in this vein that I want you to hear some words that Jesus uh, offers that I think speak to this this morning. Uh, Jesus says this, and he says it to a large group of, of people in this crowd at, at uh, a, a festival that was going on in Jerusalem. Uh, and this is found in John chapter 7, starting in verse 37. He says this, it says, um, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, um, if anyone is thirsty, right? And he says this, and He's saying this to folks that are thirsty because they feel empty or they feel restless or they're worried about something. They're thirsty because they're experiencing pain in their life or there's just no energy or maybe it's just profound loneliness. And he says this, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me as the scripture has said, and I love this, streams of living water will flow from within him. And you know, what I love about what Jesus says here in this um, is in some ways it's, it's what he doesn't say it is. What he doesn't say in this moment is um, you've got to be able to carry all the spiritual water you need uh, for your own life, right? You like, you've got to find a way to carry that. Because <clears throat> the truth is, like, that's religion or that's, that's uh, like this thing of doing all of these works. And here's the truth about our spiritual lives, right? You cannot carry enough spiritual water to keep from becoming like spiritually dehydrated. Like there's not enough good works. There's not enough good intentions that you or I or any of us can live up to that'll ever ultimately be enough. And maybe that's you right now. Feel like you've been trying to carry enough water. Like just, I'll be, I'll, you know, I'll overcome this thing. It's never enough. You know, the other thing that I love about what he's not teaching here 
is he's not saying you, you have to pretend like you're not thirsty even if you are thirsty. What he's not saying is in a moment of profound disappointment or thirst because you thought like going and teaching at that conference, Glenn, was going to be like everything and it became wildly disappointed. You've got to pretend like, oh, no, 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 like a good Christian, like, no, that was wonderful and exciting. He's not saying I've got to pretend like maybe someone that I looked up to that became this disappointing moment wasn't a disappointing moment. Like, because at the end to live like that, that kind of living, like it just, it weighs you down. It becomes this kind of weight or burden that at the end of the day, like you're not gonna have enough energy to carry in those moments, right? But what he is saying is that there's something that is a spring, that's like a living spring and it will satisfy that thirst. He's saying there's a place you can turn. And that place is him. It is Jesus Christ. Like that is the thing that he's pointing. He's saying, to all you who are thirsty, come to me. And it is this beautiful picture of, of seeing and navigating our lives at a spiritual level, maybe in a different way. And you know, sometimes this becomes a difficult thing. This becomes a confusing thing. Um, oftentimes in theological circles, it becomes this binary thing between like, okay, but we've got to do something, right? Like there's, there's things that we've got to work on and do. And it becomes like kind of this works, religious kind of oriented life. And then there's like, okay, but Jesus is definitely not saying that. And so then it's like this, so I just do nothing. I just sit back and just say, well, Jesus will take care of it all. And I do, well, no. And what I would want to encourage us to do is not take words like this from Jesus and put them in this binary thing where it's, where it's like one or the other that either turns us into trying to live this life that actually weights us down or this very passive kind of spiritual life where it's like, well, I just don't do anything and I'm good and so I don't worry about it. Rather, seeing it in a different way, there's a kind of connection that he's talking about here. And, and, and maybe I would illustrate it in this way. And, and I'm gonna illustrate it in a couple of different ways this morning. But you know, um, I'll, I'll illustrate it in this way. So I think about what's going on right now. Like right now, I am, I am preaching this message um, to a mostly empty room. And there's things that I prepared in this and thought about this that I, like are important to me and that I want you who are sitting in your living room or maybe you're watching this on your phone or you're sitting outside, wherever you are right now, right? And I want you to get all of this. But the reality is, if I tried to do that all on my own, like there's no way, like there's so much. In fact, the thing that maybe you can't see in this moment that like I can see is in this large room, that even to make this happen, there's still like this skeleton crew of people that are here helping me. In fact, I'm just like, pan a camera around somewhere in the room here where you can like, I look back there and I can see um, Ashley and Danina and Tyler uh, back uh, in the sound booth, in front of the sound booth. And we even have a tech suite up there. I see them waving up there. I don't know if you can see this because um, I can't see any of this, but I'm sure some of you are seeing this. That in this moment, what maybe uh, is hard to understand is like, they're like giving me cues at moments. Uh, they're like, and without them, there's no way this would happen. Like there's this kind of dance uh, that you can't see where you're at right now, but this kind of dance where 
Like, I just, I have to be dependent on some other people to help make all of this happen. But it's not because I'm being passive. It's, there's like this attunement. There's this kind of connection in all of this. Or maybe another way to put it is like this active reliance on other people. And what Jesus is inviting us to is not to go out and live this like religious life that's like all on our own. where We're going to carry all the water ourselves. There's like this there's like this attunement thing that's going on in this where like we get to interact with people. And even uh, there's a little bit of fun right now that even on the platform in front of me, like I've got like different camera operators uh, here um, and this thing that's going on. And in some ways, what Jesus is saying is there is this profoundly relational thing that he is inviting every thirsty person in this world into where there is this kind of beautiful attunement and connection that we get to have. And, and the answer unfolds itself in this amazing uh, way. And if you have your Bibles, uh, wherever you are right now, look back at John chapter 7 and uh, look at verse 38. And I love what he describes here. He says this, Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. So like there's something about this thing where suddenly in attuning to Christ, being connected to him in this interactive way, something happens in us. We become something different. Notice what he says here, or what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, and whoever believes in me will have the, the largest, coolest, most wonderful pitcher of spiritual water that you could just drink down. No, he actually says... Streams of living water will flow from within. Think about the picture he's giving here for a moment. He's giving a picture of something that is happening inside of you and inside of me. What he's saying is, it's not that I'm going to give you like a glass of water. Rather, I will make inside of you like that spring of water, a source of water that, that like is quenching on a constant basis. You don't have to carry water with you because there's a source of water within you. And, and how he invites us to engage in this and to experience this, like he does this beautiful like play on words here. Um, he uses the word uh, drink, like come to me and drink. And then he uses the word believe, you know, all those who believe in me. Um, and this play on words, it gets missed in English real easily because we look at the word drink and we look at the word believe and they're just like the root of these words are completely different. But if you go back to the original language, Greek, that the New Testament was written in, that, that kind of captures what Jesus is saying here. It's really interesting because in the Greek, um, the word faith, the word trust, and the word believe, and the word drink all share uh, uh, this same core root. Like they're so similar, even in how these words would have sounded when pronouncing. And so when he says, come to me and drink, and then immediately turns out and says, and believes in me. Like he's relating this idea of drinking, of taking in. And again, this idea of belief is not just this intellectual idea. Um, like, okay, I just, I will think that that is true. Like what he's getting at here in this is, is this kind of trust. 
we take him in. There's something of him that we take in and then we trust it. And that's the thing that we attune with. That's the thing that I would want you to get. And so as I close out here, I want to just maybe offer some practical insight for how to actually take Jesus's words, this kind of simple invitation when he says to all who are thirsty. Because like right now, even though I can't see your face, are you sitting there right now and like, and you just say, I'm thirsty. I'm like, there's something I need. I want you to really think about this. As he says, there's something of who I am that I want you to drink in and I want you to trust it. Start with, with whatever it is that you're thirsty about and just drink in the truth of what Jesus sees or thinks about you in this moment around that. Like, maybe it's something that you're struggling with. And you know, there's this simple truth about Christ. He cares about you. He cares about what it is that you're struggling or walking through in that moment. You know, I go back to that day that I was on that plane, flying back from Atlanta. And I just felt like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And I just, I feel so disappointed and I don't know what to do because this person I looked up to and, and what I can look back and see now that I couldn't see at that moment was, the truth was, I just, there was someone that I was holding up on a pedestal and that's not the end of the world. We do that as human beings and he could never live up to what I would ultimately need, but Christ could. And the truth is Christ cared deeply about the thirst that I had in that moment. Christ cared deeply about the disappointment that I was going through. And as we begin to understand how Christ actually feels about us in those moments, like there's something quenching about that. But here's the beautiful thing about what he's saying here, right? We take that in, we drink that in, but, there, but what we believe in Christ in this, what we trust in that, right? It, there's something, we take that in, we trust it. But what he's saying here is as I quench that thirst because of who I am in your life, there is something that you have to offer. There is something, uh, right, that we take in. There is something that we trust with that. And then there is something that we have to offer. And as we begin, right, there, right, coming out of that and the more I could experience that Christ actually cared about me, there's like this kind of infusing energy that I had to actually then begin to care about people that maybe have been let down by someone else or to care about people that like set a bar for themselves about something that they wanted to do or achieve. And then, then you actually climb that hill, you actually get there and realize it didn't deliver the way I thought it would, like I get that and I can care about that because at the end of the day, like Christ met me in that place. And I wonder how many of you right now, maybe the thirst for you uh, is a sense of acceptance. Drink in the truth and the beauty of how Christ accepts you. Like, 
whatever it is that would cause you to look at your own life and judge it, Christ has the grace to look you in the eyes and in your heart and accepts you for who you are. Drink that in, but then trust that it is true. Trust that Christ actually has the capacity to accept you, accept you where you are. Because as you drink that in and as you accept that truth, here is the beauty of what Christ can do in your own heart is fill you and quench that thirst in such a way that you can look into the heart and the eyes of another person and offer them acceptance. Not because of this profound character that you have that you could muster up the courage to do that, but because as you have experienced it, you now have something that you can give away to others. Or I think about this, right? How many times uh, uh, we struggle through our spiritual journeys and maybe the, there comes that moment where there can be like self-condemnation. The kind that you just look at and you just like, oh. Have you ever thought about this truth? That like Christ in his core looks at you and just likes you likes who he created in you. It doesn't mean that you're perfect and it doesn't mean that he's uh, blind to the things that you and I would do wrong. It's that he can look at you and as your creator, he likes who you are and how he's wired you and how he's made you. And the beauty of that is if you can drink that in and just say that, that Christ wants to know me and like me, there's something so quenching about that. But here's the thing that is so important about that, friends. That is, there, that makes you this like living wellspring of spiritual water that has something to offer the people around you, right? We live in this spirit, we live in this world where at a spiritual level, there are so many people that look at it and the last thing that they think is God likes me, right? I can't tell you how many times we, uh, I've run into people that think of God as like, you know, God, I just kind of want to avoid him. But, you know, we live in a world where we need more people that exemplify something about how God is operating in their lives, that they would look and actually see a God that could like them or care about them. And so friends, my challenge is that even in your thirst, even in those moments where you find yourself on a plane or in a car or sitting alone in your living room, or maybe in a crowded group in your living room and you're keeping it a secret that you just feel spiritually thirsty, that you don't have to carry enough water to satisfy that thirst. And you for sure don't have to drink out of a contaminated well because Christ himself is offering who he is to be that thirst quencher in your life. And my challenge to you is drink that in, but trust it and then give it away because you have something beautiful to give away. And that is what Christ is doing within you. Let me just close. I want to just close and just read that passage to you um, one last time. And then as I do, um, uh, I'll uh, pray. Here, let me, let me read this. Here's what Jesus says. It says, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, 
If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Let me pray. Father, uh, we just thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you that we're not left to our own to have to navigate life, but we are invited to this kind of spiritual dance to just drink in who Christ is in our lives and let that uh, profoundly affect us in a way that actually uh, transforms us, changes us into like a living spring. And may we be that for the world around us. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you soon.